Hello, welcome to the Bulldog Sports Show. This is CG Hawk. I'm going to start with my Premier League coverage for Fulham's game against West Ham United. The Hammers took place at Craven Cottage, home of, as I say every week, Fulham. This game was a big game. We need to get out of the relegation zone. Came in with 14 points in 18th spot in the Premier League table. We need to get a W to move to. We wouldn't get past the relegation zone even with a win. We would only have 17 points, and Burnley and Brighton have more than that. Coming into this game, Burnley, who's the next team in front of us, had 9 points on us, and we had to get a win to become 6 points back, which is tenable. Just two wins in a row without Burnley winning, and we'd be all draws with them, depending on goal differential. I believe we have a better goal differential, I would I'd guess, but I would have to double check that for logistical fit reasons in the future. Say, let's say we get tied with Burnley, depending on future goals allowed and scored. Now let's get to the game action. First lineups for West Ham, the visitors, in a 4 2 3 1 formation. Goalkeeper Lucas Fabianski, defenders Aaron Cresswell, Vladimir Kafuffel. Craig Dawson and Angelo Bono, midfielders, Saeed Fedrama, Jesse Lingard, who is the new guy they got from Manchester United. Now he is on West Ham and he scored two goals in his debut last week. In this game, he didn't do really anything, but he's a big name for them and helps their offense if he can get going. Jared Bowen, Thomas Suchek, who he's going to be. The main conversation and talking point for this episode segment, a little bit later, I'll get to that, and it's going to be a big one that I'm going to put on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, is a poll and asking, was his red card later warranted, yes or no? I'm asking for honest opinions and asking for blowhard or bloviating, like, of course it was not a red card, or of course it was. That's my honest opinion, and I don't want anyone to... Call someone an idiot to say it was or it wasn't. So that's just what I'm looking for when I put out this poll. Was it a red card or not? Second right, the captain. And then forward, Mikel Antonio. Then for Fulham, our lineup. In goal, Alphonse Variola. Defenders, Kenny Kete. Joachim Anderson. Tosin. Anthony Robinson. Midfielders, Bobby Reed. Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Mario Lamina. Admiral Lookman and Harrison Reed, and forward Ivan Cavalero. And no Olania today, no Mitrovic until the last 10 minutes, and no Nguisa Ivor until late in the, get, the match. I mentioned that because Mitrovic has started the last two, he didn't start today, and Nguisa has started most of them along with Olania, but neither one started today. They came, were on substitutes. And also Joss Maja, the new man from Nigeria, our new guy we got in transfer from Bordeaux, made his debut for the Whites, coming in with 10 minutes left in the game. So we got to see Joss Maja on the pitch. This game was, as most film games are, a nil-nil affair. We honestly played, I don't know, subpar in the first half. West Ham didn't play that great in the first half either. They probably played a little bit better than us in the first half. 
and there wasn't that many chances besides a few Ruben Loftus-Cheek opportunities. There was one in the first half where Ruben Loftus-Cheek, about 35th minute, he had a clear shot. But Ruben Loftus-Cheek needs to work on his ball angle direction when he gets it to his foot. He needs to work on angling it more to the left. A lot of his misses end up being far right. Because uh, that happens to be where Luigi is on the pitch. He's Luigi's best opportunity is a right foot shot, but it goes far right and misses the goal. Which is devastating, especially in this match. There was about three opportunities for Ruben Loftus-Cheek to get us on the board, but they all were too far. And some of them were like painstakingly close. Like, oh, it almost was a goal, but no. This is Ruben Loftus-Cheek, the story of his club career so far. Missed opportunities when he got them, and invisible nutter times. <laughs> He's to work on because they say it's some of potential. Because I haven't seen it yet as a member of Fulham, but maybe the next club that gets uh, him will be happier with his results because he is out alone, so he'll probably be leaving. I'd assume. And this game got to halftime at. 0-0. Sasa on target was only 2-1, so there wasn't that many opportunities for either side. We actually led in every single category. We, except fouls conceded, despite one. But we actually did good in possession of 60% to their 39, and shots 20 overall to 8. So we should have, in theory, won based on statistics box score. But we didn't. And... Overall, in head-to-head, they have won 14 to our 4 in the series. And 7 of them were at home for West Ham, 3 were home for us, 1 away, 7 for them, draw 6 in 24 matches. As everyone remembers, the last time we faced off was November 7th at London Stadium. And we fell down 1-0 with like about a couple minutes left. On Thomas Sujak, he scored for West Ham, and we got a penalty in the 90th minute, and we got a chance to see if Lookman was going to get our goal to tie it up 1-1. He had a penalty chance, and as I mentioned repeatedly, he did a Panenka kind of shot to be kind of too too cute, and of course it failed, and we lost that game 1-0. Luckily, there was no penalty shot like that in this game where we missed because we were not good at penalties, but. We didn't lose, we drawed, 0-0. I guess it's a good time as any to get to the real talking point, the real debate that took place in stoppage time when Tomas Suchek got a chance with the rest of West Ham and Fulham for a free kick. So Suchek was guarding Alexander Mitrovic who came on in the 79th minute along with Chasmaja and Mitrovic, big man. He had his hand on Tomas Suchek. So Suchek, being a good few inches taller, had his right elbow and he elbowed Mitrovic. And Mitrovic fell back, fell on the grass. And Mitrovic, honestly, he's tough. He didn't seem that like angry or didn't demand that he get a red card. So it was a foul. He wasn't screaming in pain like a lot of the people do when they. Ball start rolling all over the floor. Like, oh no! But he didn't really do that, and he seemed to be okay. And 
to Tarek, completely apologize, and that was really about it. But Mike Dean, the referee, maybe he has a hidden love of red cards, or I don't really know, because I'm rooting for Fulham, of course, not rooting for West Ham. I don't mind West Ham, though. I do like, like West Ham, it's fine. And Mike Dean wants to watch it on VAR, along with the VAR assistant person looking at it, and Mike Dean watched the replay again and again and again and again and again and again, then one more time. And it was just constantly again and again and again, because um, I watched it on NBCSN, and Grandma So and Arlo White had it on up close on the cameras. You could see Mike Dean watching the replay of Thomas Suchek and Alexander Mitrovic again and again and again. And after like a couple hours, it felt Mike Dean pulled out the red card from his pocket, giving the red card to Tomas Suchek, who was ejected from the game. And he might miss three matches due to it being a contact red card given. That means that they'll be out, West Ham will be out Tomas Suchek for three games, which will be a big problem. He's one of their best players. And Arlo White and Graham South said it was not a red card. They were adamant. They were angry about Mike Dean taking forever and then awarding the red card. But when they game match ended, Repolo talked to Tim Howard and then the other guy, I don't remember his name, and they said they agreed it was a red card. So Tim Howard and the other guy said red card based on Mitrovic was hit by Sutek and they said there was no reason for him to do the elbow so they said it was a red card so that's why I mentioned the debate was it or not and I was watching on looking at Twitter on comments from the fans a lot of people saying not a red card they were furious angry that it was a joke by Mike Dean to award the red card but it sounded more like it's easily a red card and I don't know if people said easy a red card were hated West Ham or I don't really know or they believed it was a red card and to me it was not based on the intent but how it's been going these days the kind of intent they don't care about that due to the VAR virtual assist, referee assistant I focus is more on this you know, facts not really intent and I don't really notice that much intent by Suchek in that opportunity but they wore the red card and he was gone but luckily it was a draw for us. We didn't lose. Fulham didn't lose. So we come back our next game in a couple of days' time. Hopefully we can get a win. We've got a win. No more draws. No more losses. But at this point, it's getting weak. But at least we get picked up one point to move to 15 points. And Burnley didn't win as well. They drew with Brighton. 1-1. So that means that we pretty much end up where we were when we came into this match the same point differential behind uh, the nine points. So we didn't fall back big time. So I guess I'll take that. At least we didn't fall to like 12 points if we lost or something. So I guess better than nothing. But we just need to get more wins and hopefully we can come back strong next game, get a W. And stay tuned for my Manchester City Liverpool recap. That'll be coming up. And probably depending on Scheduling, I'll probably also be doing the last one for Fulham and Manchester City also during the week, depending on when do you have any more for. So stay tuned for more.
This is part two of this week's Premier League coverage. Finished our Fulham recap. Now we move on to City versus Liverpool at Anfield, home of Liverpool. Pep Guardiola is looking for his first win at Anfield as Manchester City manager. He has never won at Anfield. He was looking to change that today. First lineups, first for City. Ederson and goal. Defenders, Ruben Diaz, John Stones, Shinchenko, Joel Cancelo, midfielders, Ilkay Gundogan, Rodrigo, Bernardo Silva, forwards, Raheem Sterling, Raid Mares, and Phil Foden. And for Liverpool, Allison and goal. Defenders, Fabinho, Jordan Henderson, Andrew Robertson, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Jorginho, Winjam for midfielders, Thiago, Curtis Jones, forwards, Roberto Firmino, Sadio Mane, and Mohamed Salah. That was the lineups for Liverpool and City. First bit of action took place in the third minute when Thiago was given a yellow card. And it was a deserved foul, so he got the yellow card. And it looked pretty even, Kelter even matched game through the first half. Nil-nil through one half. Shots on target and shots overall weren't very far apart. Possession wasn't too far apart, a little bit in Liverpool's advantage, but not by a whole lot. And this is what you expect when you see Liverpool and City. Often their games are very low scoring, 1-1, 2 1-0, 0-0. They're very low scoring. And for one half, you'd say, okay, this is pretty much to the script. Classic City-Liverpool these days under Pep Guardiola and Liverpool's Jurgen Klopp. But in the second half, City came alive. The first goal was in the 49th minute when Ilkay Gundogan got a great pass assisted by no one. It was unassisted. He got it in past the goalie, Allison, 1-0 City. Good job with Gundogan. He's been amazing. I guess I would say sensational since Kevin De Bruyne has been out and Sergio Aguero has been out. Gundogan has come up big. He's been one of our saving graces. He's been one reason why we haven't lost since November. Okay, Gunduan has done that and more for us, the German. Then in the 62nd minute, Ruben Diaz was given a foul. And finally, Liverpool got on the board in the 63rd when Mohamed Salah was fouled by Ruben Diaz. He was given a penalty kick opportunity. And Salah... Very good at penalty kicks. He banked this one in up or right hand corner, passed Ederson, tied it at one. There's some substitutions, 68th minute. Jerjan Shakui came in for Thiago. Curtis Jones left for James Milner. 70th minute, Fabinho was given a yellow card. 72nd minute, City had a substitution with. Mara is leaving for Gabriel Jesus. And 73rd minute, Gundogan got a second goal of the game, assisted by Phil Foden. This one was pretty 
Good goal overall. So we get two to one. Three minutes later, big mistake by Allison, the goaltender. He kicked it out to clear it from the net, and a steady player managed to intercept it and easily got past Allison, which happened to be Raheem Sterling, assisted by Mara Silva, to make it three to one city. And then for good measure, we got one in the 83rd when Phil Foden, assisted by Jesus, easy goal to make it four to one city. And this was a very good match between two sides. One team, you expect him to score more than being Liverpool. You'd expect Liverpool to score more than only one goal. But they have been very below par lately, struggling. Jurgen Klopp had a quote, in quote, he said, if he gets done, they're not going to be able to defend their title. And one thing that's definitely different between Liverpool last year and this year is last year they got a lot of draws. They got a lot of and wins too. They won close. They had a lot of wins where it was like 2-1, to 1-0, one, 3-2, 3-1. Cl- they didn't really blowouts really. But this year they haven't had as many of those close wins. A lot of them haven't been going their way. They've been losing ones like 1-0, to zero, draw at 1-1 one, one, where they would have won it probably 2-1. to one. Or 1-0 last year, but they have it this year. They're still way up in the table. That concludes the recap of this game. Great job for City. Super good to finally get Pep Guardiola a W at Anfield. He hasn't done that. Now he has one win there. And City, dominant. I think in good chance we could win the league. The way we're playing these days. I know we still have about 16 games left to go. But the way we've looked, I can't see us faltering especially now we have a good lead on Manchester United who are in second 45 we have 50 now so five points out of them which isn't huge but it is a good lead Leicester in third with 43 Liverpool are now in fourth with 40 so 10 off the pace they could have cut it to four off the pace if they managed to beat us but they lost now Chelsea was far Far, but they've ca- caught up a little bit after a nice win to have 39 points now. West Ham in 6th with 39. Everton in 7th with 37. Tottenham in 8th with 36. Villa in 9th with 35. Arsenal in 10th with 31. Gigi Benny Bull is beside himself. He's royally pissed. He is angry, livid. And Arsenal have been complete crap all year. And he told me he better see some changes or he's going to explode. 11th, Leeds United with 29 points. 12th, Southampton, 29. 13th, Crystal Palace with 29. 14th, Wolverhampton with 27. 15th, Brighton with 25. 16th, Newcastle with 25. 17th, Burnley with 23. 18th, Fulham with 15. 19th, West Brown with 12. And finally, in 20th, Sheffield with 11. That concludes this second half. Depending on when Betty the Bull and I record, I might be going over Manchester City and Fulham's next matches during the week, depending on when we record. And the next matches for both sides are... They're actually... Fun fact, I'm so used to lately there being a game on 
Tuesday, Wednesday, and then game on Saturday, Sunday. That's been very common lately. But actually, there aren't any matches until Saturday for both sides. Saturday, Man City takes on Tottenham. And on Sunday, Fulham takes on Everton in the final game of that Sunday. And the only game on Monday, the 8th, is Leeds, Crystal Palace, which we don't need to recap that because we don't follow Palace or Leeds. So I guess that does conclude our Premier League coverage for this week. We'll get back and ready to go for the next one. So this will be included in episode 60. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you soon.